What's up, everyone? This is Philly Pat back on another episode of the Philly Pat Project, and I am here with Brooke, aka the future Mrs. Mm-hmm. Philly Pat. Hello. And I'm excited for tonight's episode. I really, really am. Um, before I get into the details of what we got in store for you tonight, as always, I thank our listeners. Um, without you guys, it wouldn't be fun to do this. So we really appreciate you guys tuning in um, and listening to what we have to say, as always, as well to the future listeners. Welcome to the community we're building here on the Philly Pat Project. Um, we also have Lil Kalen with us tonight, so you might hear him a little bit throughout the episode, but he wanted to hang out with us, um, and we still wanted to give you guys an episode. Uh, we missed last week. Um, but that is for good reason. I want to give a shout out to our good friends, Kevin and Kelly Connors, on their amazing and beautiful wedding. It was such a joy to be a part of. So congratulations to you guys from me and Brooke and all of us here at the Philly Pat Project. Um, and I look forward to having you guys on later this year. Um, it's always good to see you guys and I'm happy for you guys. Um, but that is why we missed last week, but we are getting back on schedule and tonight I was really fascinated by the idea of this. So two of the things we love here on the Philly Pat Project are horror and punk. And what I noticed when I was thinking of this episode and we were talking a little bit about it on the drive up to the wedding is just the connection between punk and horror. And we wanted to talk about that while also giving our opinions on why we feel so many horror fans are punk rockers and why so many punk rockers love horror films. And it was kind of a really cool conversation we were having that we wanted to bring uh, to you guys. Um, But to kind of kickstart the conversation, so my all-time favorite horror punk band is the Misfits, and they're one of my favorite bands in general. Um, and I noticed, which was really cool, is a lot of their lyrics are directly related to a horror film. Or when I'm looking at it in like reading the lyrics and listening along, just the storytelling that goes into it. There's a lot of horror movies that I can reference, or just like horror ideas that I can picture based off of their lyrics which just kind of brings like an overall connection to the horror and punk and why they're probably the most famous and, you know, my favorite horror punk band. So I think it's safe to say our favorite song from the Misfits is Dig Upper Bones. Yeah. Um, For me, um, a couple of my other favorite songs. So Dig Upper Bones was, was is my favorite song. It's it's both our favorite songs. Um, you know, I, I personally loved when Michael Graves um was the front man for them. Um but I, I wanna go back to the Danzig days. Um and for me, Die Die My Darling and Mommy Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight absolutely make some of my top favorite songs. Um and then going back to the Graves era American Psycho and Pumpkinhead would round out like my top five favorite songs from the Misfits. And then Brooke had two others. Yeah, so Last Caress and Where Eagles Dare 
um, are two of my favorite songs by them. Where Evil Stairs is probably my favorite Misfit song, other than Dig Up Her Bones. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, just, you know, I remember when I first heard the Misfits and hearing their lyrics, I was like, what the fuck is this guy thinking? Um, because, you know, it's like, you know, I'm gonna, I've, I killed a baby today, and I raped your mother, and, like, all this, like, crazy shit. Oh, yeah, it's definitely dark, man, and I don't know, (laughs) it's a a dark take, but, no, um, it's real, right? Like, a lot of their lyrics are very, very dark. Um, I mean, Pumpkinhead itself is, like, a direct reference to Pumpkinhead, which, you know, one of the classic... Um, all-time great horror films, um, at least in my opinion. But, you know, the entire song is about how, you know, from the father's standpoint of, like, losing your child and then trying to do what you can to to bring back your son, but then at the same time unleashing a monster that goes on a killing spree and, like, finding yourself in this fucking dilemma, um, which was really, really told well in the song and was a good movie. Um dig up her bones you know like starting there all i think about like i think of the crow a little bit when i hear that song just the idea of like you know wanting to avenge someone who's lost you know like you're kind of digging them up and you want to like avenge them that's like a point that i thought of when i when i heard that song one of the first thoughts that i had um it also just reminds me of like any horror film and there's so many you know um but just kind of make me think of like all this like dark avenging and like people dying and coming back from the grave and 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 there's so many good films that have done that you know i think you were talking about you know pet cemetery and like um but there's so much relation to that and connection but it's also realistic, right? Like, that's something that, like, I can put myself and I can relate to that. You know what I mean? I've lost people and I wish I could bring them back. And, like, if I could avenge some of them in certain certain circumstances, I would want to, you know? So, like, I think there's a cool connection there. And I think that's more on the darker horror side for sure, right? Um, you know, when you mentioned the um, last crash, right? Like, just, like, brutal rape and, like, really sensitive subject matter first thing i think of is last house on the left yeah you know what i mean like that's like that's probably that and i spit on your grave are like two monumental films in horror that deal with that subject matter and it's just brutal all the way through and that song is very brutal the lyrics are very brutal right um like mommy can i go out and kill tonight like you could just think of fucking scream considering you know the first scream is all about billy loomis having mommy issues and going on a killing spree right like you can immediately tie it to that um but you can just think of any like movie where like a, a serial killer just kind of like snaps and nine times out of ten they got some mommy issues right so it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's cool because you're like wow I, I didn't really realize the connection from the storytelling standpoint sure like that's the connection that i'm seeing um which is interesting. American Psycho is like, come on, American Psycho, right? Like, immediately you think of the film, but also you just think of, like, all the, like, serial killers over time, like Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, like, all these people that are, like, in American history 
in the wrong way and all the horrific horror that went into like what they did right um and then die die my darling right like a lot of movies with serial killers killers probably your domestic partner and that's been proven true in quite 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 a bit of films that i've seen even going to my favorite franchise which is scream right so I don't know, you know, I thought that that was, like, a really cool thing, but I think it's because, like, both in the film and in the music, if you can connect with the character of the story and follow it along, you feel a part of, and then when you're singing along to a Misfit song, or you're watching a horror film, you see that community, right? Like, when you go into a horror film, the the crowd... Especially if it's like a really entertaining horror film, you're very connected and the crowd is very engaged. And when you're at a great punk show, you know what I mean? You're connected and everyone's engaged and everyone's a part of that. And I think that's why growing up punk was so appealing to me because it was rebellious and different and horror was rebellious and different because, I mean, we they just talked about this you know, at at the Academy Awards and all that is like horror is pushed to the side for being different. But it's a point that, you know, Mia Goth brought up, me and Josh were talking about this, is like horror has its own creativity, its own independence, and there's strong stories being told that should be acknowledged. And I think that that's like a really fascinating point to circle back on. But I mean, you could say the same thing for punk rock, too. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's like, you don't really hear of like, like, sure, a lot of people know the Misfits. Um, another band we'll talk about in a little bit, Alkaline Trio. Um, most people in our age bracket or older definitely have heard of AFI, especially their older stuff, which we'll talk about. Um, you know... A lot of people don't know. You're not as familiar. Blitzkid, another great band that I compare with the Misfits. No one's really talking about them, right? You're either hearing about some new country artist or some new hip-hop artist. And it's not taken away from all that. Same thing with film. You're not taken away from action or drama or romance or any of the stories that people might feel safer with. But it's the difference and the independence that make me appeal to it. And it just kind of ties into the idea of punk rock is rebellious, different, creative, and independent in its own. Okay. You know, um, so I think that's a fascinating point, man. Um, and that's like really cool. Um, let's talk about old AFI. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm going to let you talk all about uh, that particular album. I want to bring up the art of drowning. First of all, you have the Lost Souls. Um, you have Days of the Phoenix. And that is just the most goth, like goth punk time that I've ever seen Davey Havoc in, right? Even the video for Days of the Phoenix, like he's in the fucking fishnets with the black nails. Like it's an entire dark goth punk, like appeal and, and image that he's got. And, um, the songs are a little more brutal. They're a little more of my favorite stuff from them, obviously. Um, All Hallows Eve um, and that EP. Like, that's a time where, like, 
punk and horror were really blending in the in the musical side of things and also the lost souls i think of like i could think of end of days i could think of lost souls lost souls the movie um i could think of a lot of movies where like there's just a lot of dark supernatural goth shit going on yeah you know and that's something that like at the time i was listening to that that was an area of horror that i was exploring so it was kind of cool like the others like just just movies that were happening at that time that had to do with like condemned souls you know i think i think it was around the time the sixth sense came out that i listened to the art of drowning so it was like oh this is kind of cool a lot of this lyrics and what they're talking about is like on ghostly dark territory and here we are watching films that are peaking at a time and I'm able to go to the movie theater and enjoy a film and I'm able to listen to the music and enjoy it and it was just an all around enjoyable time yeah (laughs) especially for AFI since no offense to them they've kind of gone off the fucking rails that was a time where I was very happy to listen to them but you could talk about Black Sails in the Sunset Black Sails in the Sunset is my favorite AFI album. Um, Yeah, it just came out, you know, at a time where I was getting more into hardcore. So, I mean, AFI was always that band that, like, kind of sat between punk and hardcore. Well, in the beginning. In the beginning, absolutely. In the beginning, yes. Yes. For sure. Um, But Black Sails in the Sunset. But then, you know, the lyrics are very, you know, again listening to it and I'm like probably like I don't know 12 or 13 and he's fucking talking about through our bleeding we are one yep and like you know talking about insects underneath his skin and hurting himself that makes me think of the movie bug yeah I mean there's a lot of like just fucked up shit that he's talking about that I probably couldn't really comprehend as a 13 year old but I knew that it was dark, you know, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah. I knew it was yeah. dark. I knew it was, you know, edgy and, For sure. you know, things that, you know, kind of made me more of an outcast, like that I mm-hmm. didn't fit in. Yep. Um, abnormal, I guess. And yeah. that's kind of always what stuck out when I first got into punk to me was that, like, I didn't really fit in, Mm -hmm. so listening to punk rock gave me a a community where I could somewhat fit in. I mean, at least, you know... Absolutely. You know, you have the the hair styles, like dyeing your hair, piercings... Tattoos, the whole... Uh, that's what it used to be anyway. I mean, uh, now it's kind of fucking everywhere. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one has a personality anymore, but... <laughs> that's um, a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I guess I'm bitter, but... That's okay. Uh, you know what? I, 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 I get your point with that, and I don't think that that's really offensive. I think it's to say, like, our time, the way we grew up compared to what we're seeing now, and I think especially living in Asheville has opened us up that like sure we've met some cool people here and all that stuff you know and but when it comes to like we were talking about it like alkaline trio put on an amazing fucking set and yes the people were very engaged in the community of like singing along was there but like compared to going to like a philly show 
you know, where we're from or like going to, uh, thinking of back in the day, like it wasn't that it, there was a difference there. It was a huge difference. There wasn't there. even any moshing. Right. There was there wasn't I've that. I've never seen Alkaline Trio without a mosh. And then of course, you know, like you said, back then if you saw someone with like a mohawk or dyed hair or a piercing or, you know, a tattoo, you're like, Oh, okay, like they're they're probably a punk rocker or a skateboarder or a horror fan and there's there's something in there that can develop a friendship. Now it's everywhere and it doesn't even fit into the same thing anymore you know like it's kind of more like it's like the opposite now like yeah to i don't know to be more um you know the whole punk rock thing was to like not you know conform you right. know and i feel like now like to i feel more identity and just like not you know doing all of these like piercings and tattoos and stuff it's like i mean i'm covered in tattoos i'm still still a tattoo fan but i know exactly what you're saying it's just like people just get fucking tattoos everywhere for the the sake of it that's true you know like me every tattoo i have whether it's gonna be covered up soon or or not you know all have a story that it tells about my life about my love of punk or people in my life I've cared about or uh, symbolizing something that means something to me or you know references like horror or something you know like there's something there that has meaning and you're right you know what I mean it's a little bit different okay I mean it I mean your body your choice absolutely I mean that's cool I just I don't know I just remember when like but that's the point of the conversation, right? Yeah. Is like to kind of think about like what it meant to us and like how we connected it, and then now, you know, seeing the differences, you know, and and there is differences even in punk and horror, you know, in its own right, outside of like the obvious that film and music are two different forms of art, but in the same sense, it's all art, and the storytelling is what kind of brings it all together, whether it's lyrics or in film, so. It's a good point. It's a really good point. Um, but like moving moving into a little bit more of the film side, you know, um, whether I mentioned it already or not, I think the last thing that I just wanted to mention, which is kind of the same points to the Misfits, is just Blitz Kid's ability to tell stories through their lyrics that, you know, are like modern day horror films, you know, and I feel the same way about um, a good portion of Alkaline Trio. Um, they got really dark. Yeah, some of the later ones, but again, it kind of got to the point where it was a little hokey. A little bit, you know, like I cut off my fingers and yeah. slit my throat and all this shit. I mean, great songs. Great, great, great. I love those songs. Alkaline Trio is one They're, of the greats. Yeah, but um, but a little you different. Know, I can't take those lyrics seriously. No, but I think too, like. It was kind of cool because I think, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in the film part uh, as we, you know, move into into that a little bit. But, you know, I also noticed that a lot of horror, at least some of the horror that we really, really like, there's a lot of awesome punk rock soundtracks to them too. And Alkaline Trio has been a part of my favorite franchise, hence a tattoo that I have. So I think that that's kind of cool that they connect in that way um, because I do think another great connection especially with the uh, newer screams 
is, you know, former punk band members are taking their storytelling approaches to the film after playing in a band for so long and just that bridged gap like with um Matt, you know, one of the directors of the newer screams used to play in Link eighty and now he's directing horror films. Really great horror films. He did re- you know, they did Ready or Not and, and now they did two of the Screams. So that's like really cool to see that. That's like a great pinpoint example of how they're like those communities are together and it's still an art form. And and, and just new expansive ways. Um so I thought that was fascinating. Um I think one of the other things too that's like really cool to talk about is the films so you know i'm just going to start off what i think is like the number one film to talk about when we're talking about like straight horror punk films and i know i like it a little bit more than you but i know you're a fan of it is green room yeah um punk rockers who get caught in a life and death situation playing at a a venue with skinheads and they witness a murder and then it's bloody mayhem for uh you know which led to great entertainment you know there's some dead kennedy songs in there and references um who i find to be probably one of my favorite punk bands you know um so the soundtrack was fucking great they covered the song in the film which is fucking great um, I thought that that was like a nice little touch and nod and fuck you to the skinheads um, in the film. And, you know, I think it's super, like it was a really super monumental film for me because I haven't, and there's some on here, but I you don't see many horror punk films like that, you know, um, that are like really good stories and bring a whole sense of like these are characters that I give a shit about like I'm rooting for them I want them to survive and of course especially because you know we don't tolerate racism you know the enemy is a bunch of skinheads right and you know they have to fight against them to survive and when they do kill off some of them as they're surviving, there's a little, hey, you know? So, fascinating film, man. Um, I just thought it was fucking crazy that they got, what's his name, Patrick Stewart? Yeah, he was like the fucking main dude. Yeah, I was not, I mean, I know that you are not into it, but, and I'm not really into it either, but I grew up with it. Um, What, Star Trek days? Star Trek, yeah, Star Trek days, he, um, you know, so, like, seeing him play that role. And that's Professor X, too. Well, yeah, he's Picard, and then he was, and and he's Professor X. That was a different role for him. Yeah, it was definitely a different role, um, but, I mean, it was, it was cool. I also think, too, with, um, the main, the main character in Anton, um, is that is that his name? Is that the actor's name? I don't know. Anton, um, you know that was one. That was if not his last role, one of his last roles. And I just really think that that was an actor who was really on his way, and it's tragic, 
you know, what happened to him, but that was a role where I was like, I want to see more of this. Cause I think that that was a really good role for him. Um, and I think he does, you know, I think he did an outstanding job, you know, and I was glad his character was able to, uh, limp away at that point in the story. Cause, uh, yeah, it was super brutal, man. But again, you know, like it had every thing that I would want out of a film. Like this is like kind of a slasher. You know what I mean? Um, kind of thriller. It had that darkness of like seven. It it, it had characters that I cared about. The lighting about. was the lighting yeah, was like it had that dark. seven lighting. It had you know um, screen characters like characters similar to Scream where I I cared about them. I rooted for them. I was happy. You know, and like also like then they were just like brutally fucking murdered. On top of the fact that they were a bunch of punk rockers who actually referenced real punk rock. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, you like that? You like I, the Chromags? I do. I loved everything about that film and its soundtrack and their references. So, you know, you take two of my favorite things in a while and put them together, and it's definitely one of my favorite films. Um, that is great for the for the talking points, right? Um, but there's a other couple of films that I think of, um, you know, and I want to get your opinion, right? So, I think. Probably the uh, classic, I would say, um, that I would think has the punky horror vibe is The Lost Boys. Okay. Um, I would say more of like that Billy Idol style. Yeah. Of like the 80s. 80s punk. Yeah. Right? But also dark. Vampires. The fashion. Yeah. The, the hairstyles. Um you know, things that punk rockers are, are, are common to be in, right? It's like music, getting the chicks, um, the comic book references, like all stuff that is like kind of in the genre and that you see um, very relatable, um, but also had vampires and like a good vampire story is always entertaining. So it was very different, you know? Um, I think Keith Sutherland did great as what we thought was the main villain. Um, Jason Patrick did really well, you know, um, the Feldman brothers, you know, like it was, it was cool, man. And I think it's one in which I think led to some of these other films, you know, granted the vampire part didn't really follow into some of the films that we're going to discuss, but it's references were there. You can't talk about the Lost Boys and punk rock without talking about that fucking muscle dude and his saxophone. Oh, that was the best part of the whole film. What do you mean? That was like, uh, that's the ska punk that they're throwing oh, in there. Oh, is that what it is? I, that's the only thing I could think of is throwing it in there is maybe like a, hey, you know. That was not ska. No, it wasn't, but it's what I thought of when I saw it because of the, the way the film was going and everything that came before it. That's my funny little thought when I see that part, you know? Okay. But whatever, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, any any talking points about that? About the Lost Boys? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, the kids are having... So are they... I can't remember. Are they visiting their grandfather or are they No, moving? they moved. They, they moved, moved. Yeah, there. their mom so and they're they outcasts. Moved. Yep. Yep. Um, they get the the younger one gets hooked up with the comic books, which yep. is like you know. I mean, uh, I mean it's not necessarily punk rock. I don't know. I have a shitload of, of graphic yeah. novels in the other room, yeah. and it's. I I think there's some cool references in that for sure. But yeah, so I mean that's 
kind of punk rocky. I mean, you know, like you said, getting the girl, chasing the girls, um, mm-hmm. you know, the the whole fashion of mm-hmm. them, the the hairstyles of the eighties. I mean, I guess they really had mullets. Yeah, that was a big thing back yeah. then. For, um, yeah. It was like the the like I said, it was like the Billy Idol look. But again, it was like that. It was dark and edgy, and yep. you know, there's like some humor in it, which you know I would say punk rock has is that like witty kind of mm-hmm. dark humor to it. Does. It does. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think of Fat Mike and No Effects when I think of witty and out there. But you know, I think another point too is God. I was like ten when I saw that. So right when punk rock and horror were becoming, like, something that I clung, you know, was clinging to, The Lost Boys was one of the first films introduced to me. Okay. So I think that that also holds some, like, significance to, like, I throw that movie on and I can think of happy times. You know, or some of the things you were talking about, like, back in the day, you know, that that were different than what might be happening now. Sure. Yeah. Um... Another film, uh, just to kind of get the, get, um, something different in here. It was one of your recommendations of, like, something to talk about, The Damned. Okay. Um, I actually think that that was, like, God, you have Aaliyah, um, which I guess is, you know, more R&B and all that, but, you know, it definitely had a lost lost boys vibe to it i mean it's vampires similar subject matter um it was very dark i think the soundtrack was like a crazy mixture of like hip-hop punk new metal all that type of stuff um it was very dark it was very i don't know it was dark and sexy and like i don't know it was it was something about it but it was definitely something that like i think had that like you know, um, independence. And I think it was like original for what it was going for. Probably a little more hokey. For sure. De- definitely one of the more hokier films to discuss. But, you know, something that you were pointing out. So, I don't know. You know, I thought it was something to uh, mention. You know, I agreed. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely uh, <laughs> a darker movie, but. You know, Aaliyah was my girl, so rest in peace. Rest in peace? Yeah. No. Um, I think there's something else you wanted to talk about real quick. The band. The Damned. Yeah. Just going going back to that. Yeah, no, they're they're a punk hardcore band. Right. And they're, you know... Horror. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I, I can't honestly say I listen to them much or know much about their music, but... When you talk about punk, um, horror punk, they definitely are one to be talked about. They're, you know, very dark band. Yeah. I think another one, too, that's like, I don't know, up to interpretation. I really didn't get into them too much, but um, I was a fan of Joey Jordison, so I gave him a try. And uh, the Murder Dolls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had the Exorcist reference. Okay. You know, um, Captain Howdy and Wednesday and everything. So there was definitely some references to film in their, in their lyrics, but also, like, they had that, like, goth horror punk look to them. Yeah. You know, and I think that that was something that was, like, 
I don't think it's as influential personally as like any of the other bands that we've talked about. But since we're just mentioning a few just for the kicks, I thought I'd mention that. Um, but back into some of, some of the films that might classify. Um, shit, I even think Seven to a degree has like a dark, gritty punk vibe to it. And I think it's more just the lighting ha- has a lot to do with it. Um, it's definitely dark as shit matter. Um, but, you know, definitely the way it was filmed in the cinematography is like something I see, like you said, like green room. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's similar lighting. It's just dark and gritty. And it's like something that like, if you want to find the connection, I would say it would have to do with the fact that it's independent and it's different. And it has... Seven was independent? It was, a, it was more of an independent film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was distributed by bigger people, but the concept was definitely... Because there was, like, some comics and some, like, other novel-type stuff they did. Similar to Fight Club, but um, it was something that, like, came from a concept of um, just wanting to tell, like, obviously a very dark story. Um, so, I don't know, like... Something I was thinking about, but uh, well, you always have to bring up seven. Look, seven and scream <laughs> are like is what it is, man. I mean, they're influential for reasons, and when we're talking about lighting or different things, just worth a mention, right? Um, but I think, look, I don't think I want to make clear that the scream franchise is like a punk horror thing. You know, maybe the characters are like outcasts, and they're like you know, they're not as popular as, like, typical high school people or college people or, you know, as adults in the third one and fourth one and so forth and so on. Um, There's some edginess to it. The fourth one might be be a contender slightly just because of the edge and the hairstyles and everything. But I do think Scream 5 was more punk horror, in my opinion. Um, and that would you be just by like for you know look at the characters. When you look at the characters, the way they dressed, it had that vibe. They all had like Doc Martens on. Um, there was definitely some. You can see what they were going for. I think that had a lot to do with the directors. You know, um, it had the Alkaline Trio and it had some other punk bands in their soundtrack. So the whole vibe was definitely more punk. Um, and then, of course, you know, one of your killers, like, she was, like, she had, like, a gothy, punk, edgy vibe to her, so... And the girl she shot in the head, Liv, definitely was, like, with the colored hair and, like, you know, the short skirts and, like, the punk punk boots and all that. So, if there was anyone out of that franchise, that's the one that I'm pinpointing as closest to and also would be like you were saying why it's our second favorite one is it brought us back to the first one which what hasn't happened in almost 25 years since the first one came out or 20 years since i started watching this franchise so um and yeah i mean any comments on that other than you'd love to I mean, I love the I love Scream Five. I kind of disagree. I don't really. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier with like, like punk fashion, but it's not. It's just, it's like what's trendy right now. It's yeah. Not really punk. 
Yeah. I mean, I get the Alkaline Trio, American Screams on there, and... Uh, the, the director. The director was, you know, was he in, the, like, 80, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, I appreciate all that shit, but um, I wouldn't necessarily say it really gives me... I mean, Mindy, maybe. A little bit, yeah. Mindy, maybe. I mean, she seems like she'd maybe listen to, like, Radiohead or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, no, but I, anyway, I get the point. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking way too fucking into it. But um, it doesn't really... You know, like, Green Room, it's obvious. It's like a punk. Oh, absolutely. Rock, like, movie. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. No, I mean, that's a fair it's point. still a great fucking movie. I love that movie. Absolutely. Look, I'm, again... You know, I see your point when we're talking about, like, I think the characters just dress that way because it's, like, some that's trendy for the film, for their age, and being high schoolers of today's modern era. Completely agree with you there. I'm just making my point because of what you mentioned. Like, with the director and the soundtrack and everything they put together, you know, you can see from the director's point of view that he's trying to bring some of them elements to the film. And I think that I, you know, I appreciated that. Um, two other films uh, that I think, um, you know, would, would definitely be worth a discussion in punk and horror is The Ranger. And again, this is that slasher movie, but the characters were straight punk rockers. And I don't think they were trendy punk rockers in the same, like, in the same well, point they were, we're making, supposed to be punk rockers. They were supposed they? to be. They were definitely supposed to be. They had the leather. They had the, the get-up. They had everything. They were rebellious. They were they very were rebellious. They were assholes. They had sarcasm. Fighting for their lives. Brutal. Um, and I think that it was, like, different, too. So, like, that independence, that creativity, and what punk stands for in that way, I could see in the film. Um, I felt the same way... Um, in random acts of violence. And I think the reason why I liked it so much is it had those similar elements that the Ranger had. I think it was much more darker and much more brutal and fucked up. But for me, I related so much to the characters because I love comics and graphic novels. And the entire premise was like a graphic novel coming to life and being inspired which I thought was super, super, super fucking interesting because that's a, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I've seen a film that really, like, covers that. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was good, and I agree. I mean, it was, it was edgy, it was dark, it was, there were a lot of, uh, not, maybe not a lot, but there were definitely some, um, what are, what are those things called? Shock. Like things that for like shock value, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so like I think the the point we're making, and then I think we're gonna take a moment to kind of talk about an article that we had come across that would kind of validate this point a bit more. Is that for us? You know, it's not just that we love horror and punk. You know, um, that's pretty apparent, and we talk about it all the time on the podcast. Um, but what I think is fascinating, and the point to be made, is that, you know, from a storytelling standpoint, which I think all film or lyrics are trying to do, right? Like, tell a story, 
um, inspire, you know, that creativity. Um, there's a lot of, again, dark references um, and dark, dark material being told. But I think it's just for us, our ability to look back on our lives, you know, and say like, hey, horror and punk were different and inspiring to us. And now we can look back and say, yo, there's a connection there. Like, like us dating and us being together, right? Like it, it 100% comes down to the horror and punk, you know, like that's the common denominator for us among the other things like love and all that stuff. But like that, that right there. Nice save. Right. But I'm just saying that right there is like why we were so interested in talking and then looking at our friends and the people we talk to. You know, and then comparing that to like when we go to a movie or we go to a show, most of the time, when we go to a show, like there's a sense of community. There's a sense of difference. There's a sense of rebellion. It's it's wanting to be outside the trend, which might be, you know, in film action or comedy or drama, you know, seem to be the, you know, the popular thing. Same thing with music, you know, if it's not hip-hop maybe or country now or whatever like it's country not because we're in north carolina well yeah but i'm just saying like that's what you that's the popular shit right but us we're like off off the grid you know in, in these little very tight-knit communities within punk and horror and i think that like when i just kind of discussing these films and these movies like that's where I see a connection within that. And I think that would be why so many horror lovers love punk rock and vice versa. And it's definitely why I do. So I thought that that was like a very intellectual way to kind of have this conversation and look at some things and maybe have some people have some conversations of their own. But you had mentioned that... Um, you know, there there was an article kind of talking about this, and I thought, you know, maybe some uh, some points should be brought up. I mean, really, they went over mostly what everything that we already did. I mean, mostly that they complement each other, uh, being edgy, you know, being gruesome. We've talked about, yeah, you know, lyrics being fucking over the top and brutal mm-hmm. um you know cringeworthy lyrics <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good um, word cringeworthy, cringeworthy scenes like in a terror oh. terrifier yeah oh god yeah yeah like we that. gotta watch the second one but the first one's fucking crazy yeah, yeah. so i mean yeah agree good that point. going on um is there anything in there about like the psychological connection like anything that might like are you saying that people that are fucked up like punk and horror? I mean, I wasn't going there, although I'm fucked up and I love horror and punk. So it's a discussion that could be had. But, you know, just like maybe is there anything in there that like there's something in the subconscious to why it connects or anything psychologically that like might be why horror and punk complement each other and why you might love one and why you love the other and why that I mean might that's be. kind of the points that they're making. I mean there's not something specifically on that, no. Um you know, talking about 
um, you know, hating authority, you know, um, being rebellious, um, hmm. middle finger to the miserable, mor- moralizing, um, you know, being outsiders, you know, looking at the perspective, looking at things from the perspective of an outsider. Yeah. Um, That's a good movie, too, by the way. The Outsiders? Absolutely. Um, the Greasers, man. That was like a whole 50s, 60s punk thing. I mean, well, most horror punk bands are very, like, doo-wop uh, influenced. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, The Clash and so many others that have, like, the Ramones, so many that have inspired an entire genre. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it says both genres focus heavily on emotions like despair, anger, shock, and fear, or cynicism. Which I think is a valid point to a lot of the movies we watch. And I also think it's would complement the, the point that a lot of the reasons why we like these films is we have such emotional... We can find the emotional connection to the characters. So I think that that's a fascinating point. And... You know, um, so it's definitely something that's been been discussed, uh, which is super cool. Um, and I'm glad that we discussed it. Um, in wrapping up, it's been a fantastic episode. Um, I think there was a lot of good talking points. And I think that overall, um, it was definitely one of the more thinking words, words that... Uh, <laughs> thinking type of podcast episodes to do where you're you know thinking a little bit deeper and it's a little more psychological and it was about stuff that we really really enjoy so this has been fantastic i i really really enjoyed this episode um so yeah uh in wrapping up um just some updates so uh we are going to be doing a part two coming up of tremendous times in you know with tv it was a really good episode that we did um there are some some new shows we want to talk about um just kind of talk about some stuff that's wrapped up stuff like that that we were discussing uh, in the first episode and uh i'm looking forward to that um shortly followed our good buddy josh is going to be joining us um we're going to be talking about hip-hop legends because we also love hip-hop and we wanted to kind of talk about some of the greats and some of like why we love hip-hop it's a great conversation that i'm looking forward to having um some further updates as well i um have secured some website stuff to get some t-shirts made so i will be looking to do that in the future and uh, i will keep you updated on that um But a lot of good stuff on season two. And I look forward to discussing this with you guys. Um, Kaylin says hello as he drinks his little baba. And uh, we are going to uh, wrap this up. This is Philly Pat signing off. Have a good night. See ya. See ya.